This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. It's Zoomer Radio's Theater of the Mind with Frank Proctor. Open your mind as we fill your head with amazing thrills, chills, <laughs> and laughs. Theater of the Mind, the best love programs from radio's golden age, only on Zoomer Radio. Now, here is your master storyteller, Frank Proctor. Thank you, and welcome to the show. Well, we're up against the clock, which means less of me and more of the shows you've tuned in for. So let's start with a visit with Archie, the bartender at Duffy's Tavern. Quiet, everybody. Hello, Duffy's Tavern, where the elite meet the Archie DeMange's pick, and Duffy ain't here. Oh, hello, Duffy. Business? Uh, well, it's... Uh... Pretty good since I've been selling Bach beer for nickel a glass. Huh? No, we don't lose no money. Well, I got a trick, you see. I take the regular beer, but before we serve it, I dip a goat in the barrel. <laughs> huh? What, Duffy? Well, what? Talk louder, will you? Some kids is playing ball outside and I can't hear you. Hey, Fats, what was that? Them kids just hit a baseball through the window. Any damage? Just... <laughs> just another hole in the window. Well, chase them kids off the block. I don't mind them hitting a ball through the window, but they might have hit that spider we was using for shades. <clears throat> huh? Yeah, Duffy, them kids is getting tougher every day. You know, only this morning, I caught one of that gang helping an old lady across the street. <laughs> What's so tough about it? She didn't want to go. <laughs> well, look, I'll, uh, I'll call you back later, Duffy. Fats, did you get rid of them kids? Yeah, I tricked them. You tricked them? How? I asked them why they wasn't down at the schoolhouse watching the fire. So what? The idea seemed to appeal to them They just asked me for bellas and beat it Bellas? Well, if you asked me, the whole gang of them ought to have their teeth kicked in If they was a little smaller, I'd do it myself (laughs) Mr. Archie, why do you hate kids so? Why? Because they got no respect for their elders you give them an inch, and what do they do? They, they turn their backs and flaunt it in your face. <laughs> Things was different when you was a kid, huh? They certainly was different. You didn't see me waste me time playing baseball in the streets. How did you waste it? <laughs> I wasted it gaining knowledge. Knowledge that made me the man that I am today. You should have played baseball. <laughs> Wait a minute. Look at that kid coming in. The age of him, coming into a joint like this. He can't be more than ten years old. Okay, Junior, what do you want? 
Good evening, sir. Kid scram, will you? Oh, please, sir, all I want is... Yeah, I know what you want, but if you think you're going to get a shot of rye in this place... (laughs) Come back in nine years. Yeah, by that time, the rye will be nine years old. (laughs) That's tell them, Fats. Hey, wait a minute. You ain't the kid that just busted the window, are you? Sir, you misunderstand. I merely came in to ask you if you'd be interested in a book I'm selling. A book you're selling? What book? The Pocket Encyclopedia of Useful Knowledge. (laughs) Useful Knowledge. Look, kid, it happens I was educated at Harvard. I don't have to have no knowledge. I got all that I need. Oh, but, sir, this book has answers to hundreds of questions that I'll wager you don't know. Oh, yeah? Like this. Well, for instance, <laughs> how long does it take light to travel from the sun to the earth? The light to travel from the sun to the earth? Uh, well, that depends how far away from the earth is the sun these days. <laughs> Ninety-three million miles. My kid, don't be fantastic, will you? <laughs> oh, but sir, it is. It's 93 million miles away, and it only takes a light from the sun eight seconds to reach the earth. Isn't that remarkable? What's remarkable? (laughs) It's downhill all the way, isn't it? (laughs) What else is in that book? Well, um, here's another question. What are the equinoxes? The equinoxes? Come on, kid, give me a hard one. <laughs> well, what are the equinoxes? They're them Indians that live up at the North Pole. <laughs> Do I happen to be correct? Mister, I think you better buy the book. <laughs> oh, kid, come here and feel this muscle. Now... Don't infer me that I'm stupid or I'll bat you right in the kissing. Now hit me with another question and I'll prove it to you. Very well. How high is Mount Everest? Mount Everest. Mm. All the way to the top? (laughs) Yes. 60,000 feet. Sorry, the book says it's 30,000 feet. I am referring to the round trip. (laughs) You think I'm going to get stuck on the top of Mount Everest? (laughs) Don't tell me about Mount Everest, kid. A friend of mine happened to build it. My dear sir, Mount Everest has existed ever since the Mesozoic age. Oh, yeah, huh? (laughs) Look, punk, I don't take no language like that from nobody. What you need is a good kick in the pants, and here it is. Ouch! Correct. (laughs) Now get out of here and take that lousy book with you. You see, Fats, there's your younger generation. A kid like that going around calling people Mesozoics. Uh, hello, huh? Oh, hello, Miss Aya Finnegan. How are you? Arch, your mood seems to be one of perturbation. 
I just kicked the punk out of here for using the same language. Now, look, Finnegan, you, you got to be tough these days, you know? Spare the rod and spoil the child. Right, in a neighborhood like this, a kid's got to carry a rod. <laughs> You ain't understanding me. What I'm talking about is this present generation. I, I just don't understand them, Finney. And you know, when when you and me was kids and we played baseball together, did you ever see me knock a baseball throw a window? Oh, never, Rog. You're darn right. No, you was the one that always struck out. <laughs> Kids is back again. This time I'm chasing them away myself. Uh, you mind if I go along, Arch? Well, no, but uh, keep your hat on. We don't want to scare them away forever. You know. We might need them for future customers. <laughs> hey, listen, you punk kids. Either you sign to quit playing baseball on this block, or I'm going to take every mother's one of yous and stunt this groat with a bunk uh, hey, hey, Arch, look at here. Where? Here in the doorway. Uh, a basket. And look what's in it. Holy cat. A baby. On a doorstep. A human baby. <laughs> hey, Finnegan, I wonder who could have left him. Look at it, Arch. Boy, what a cute kid. Hey, maybe we better take it inside. It's sort of damp. Damp? The weather. Oh. Yeah, I guess you're right. Here, give me a hand, Finnegan. Yeah, okay. Now, now be careful with the kid going yeah, through that yeah, door now. Yeah. Oh, a deserted baby. Yeah. I wonder where it's going to come from. Where? Uh, yeah. Well, uh, according to my information, there's the budge and the bee. Finnegan! <laughs> this is no time for rationalization. <clears throat> now, leave us at the basket down here on a bar. Okay. Holy cat, this is all that has to happen to me. Somebody leaves me with a kid. Hey, Miss Duffy. What? Uh, take this brat, will you? I'm, I'm silly carrying a baby. Well, how do you think I'd look? <laughs> what am I supposed to do? I don't know. Try talking to him. Okay. Uh, uh, I'll talk to him. Uh, kid, do... Uh... <laughs> Why do you think of conditions in general? <laughs> mm -hmm. A Republican. I wonder who he belongs to. I wonder. Well, let me take a look at it. Uh, let's see. Ten fingers, ten toes, a nose, two ears. Ain't nobody in my family. <laughs> He's kind of a cute baby, ain't he? What's so cute about him? They all look alike. <laughs> yes, yeah. Maybe he's thirsty. Yeah, maybe you're right. The kid probably needs a drink. Uh... <laughs> Finnegan, put down that scotch. <laughs> uh, fats. Draw a jigger of milk. <laughs> One milk coming up. Uh, oh, maybe he's hungry. You want me to get him a bowl of chili? <laughs> Look, 
Vinny and get him anything. Just shut him up. Let's give him a rattle. A rattle? Well, where are we going to get a rattle? Well, here you are. You can have mine. <laughs> Yeah, and I'll get the chili. Hey, well, wait a minute. Don't everybody run out on me. Oh, what am I going to do with this brat? <laughs> me, of all people, left with a kid. <laughs> kid. Will you stop trying to be cute? <laughs> All right, then. They're going to get your milk in a second. Oh, here it is. So, that make you feel better, huh? Hey. Hey, you, you got a dimple, ain't you? Come here, kid. Hey, leave go of my finger. Hey, what a grip you got. A kid with your strength, you'd think I was really your father. Oh. Look, kid, don't tell nobody I told you, but I think you're kind of cute. Dad, Well, what do you know? He called me Daddy. Pats, please, some soft music to help me baby get a little shut-eye. Rock-a-bye, baby, on the treetop. When the wind blows, the cradle will rock. When the bow breaks, the cradle will fall. Down will come, baby. Cradling on rock by baby On the treetop Wind blowing strong My, my Look at it rock Don't touch that cradle Might make it fall No, here comes cradle Baby, you know This little piggy went to market. This little piggy stayed home. This little piggy had, uh... This little piggy had, uh... Little Bo Peep. She lost her sheep. How are you? Huh? Uh, oh, I'm sorry. As I said, uh, go to sleep, you punk kid. <laughs> Uh, yes, Miss Duffy, uh... I don't think this bottle really has milk in it. You don't think it has milk in it, huh? Why? It's marked 90 proof. <laughs> oh, milk. Well, well, the baby's gotta... Uh, he's gotta go back where he come from. Can't stand the sight of kids, huh? You know, very well, I hate them. Okay, okay. Uh, by the way... Yeah? That third little piggy had roast beef. <laughs> oh, yeah? Look, you mind your own business. Uh, hey, Ike, can I haul him? 
Well, go ahead, but uh, don't drop me. Oh, oh, well, here, baby. Here, nice kitty, 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 kitty. <laughs> Gee, uh, you know something? What? He looks just like you. Finnegan, you're holding him upside down. <laughs> I think you better call the police and tell them about finding this baby. Call the police? Yeah, well, uh, are they open today? (laughs) They open every day. Yeah, I guess these days they're busy answering indictments, Sam. (laughs) Okay, I'll call them, uh... Hello, police department. Lost and foundling division, please. <laughs> huh? Me trouble? Well, I suddenly seem to find myself with child. <laughs> now, what you might call an off-the-cuff baby. <laughs> yeah, so, uh, so if, if you'd like to, to, to send a... a <laughs> If, if, if you'd like to send it. A... Look, cops, I got the wrong number. That's. It ain't no use fighting fate. You mean. Have a cigar. I've just became a father. Well, there's one thing I can say. You sure do things the easy way. <laughs> yeah, gang, just imagine. After all these years, I have an offspring of my own. An offspring? What are you talking about? You found him on the doorstep. All right. So he's prefabricated. <laughs> so what? I'll adopt him so he can have my name to carry through life. Your name. What more could I do for him? You could put him back on the doorstep. <laughs> no, sir, he stays here. Fate has fickled its finger at me. <laughs> you mean you're going to raise this kid? Yep, that's and it'll be wonderful. Just think of it, the joy of watching him as he takes his first steps, you know, and the thrill of sending him off to kindergarten, the pride of... Watching him make his first pass at a dame. (laughs) Handing him down some of my knowledge, you know, practical things like how to pluck a chicken. (laughs) How to chalk a pool kill. I'll take him to the museum, the art gallery, the burlesque. The burlesque? I gotta have some fun, too. Yeah, I can see it like it was tomorrow. Graduation day. The choir is singing as the organ plays softly. And all eyes is on me little boy as the dean shakes his hand and he says, Congratulations, Archie Jr. Here is your sheepskin union card. (laughs) Union card? Certainly union card. After spending four years in college, I want the kid to make a decent living. 
just think, Fats. That young man that just graduated is the same little baby that I found on the doorstep today. Time sure flies, don't it? Yes, sir. Tell me, Daddy, do you miss him now that he's gone out into the world? A little. But who knows? Maybe someday there'll be another little one. You mean you're going to get married? Not necessarily. <laughs> That's there's other doorsteps. Oh, boy, that kid sure squawks a lot. So what? Maybe he does squawk, but he's my son and I wouldn't change him for anything. Maybe if you change him, he'd stop crying. I see what you mean. Mm. Let's see now. What, uh, what can I use for a diaper? Arch, how about the bar towel? Yeah, yeah, that'll do, uh... Uh, you got a safety pin, Finnegan? Yeah. Let me have it. Well, I'll tell you, I... Let me have the pen. But I... Finnegan, give me the pen. Arch, it's his pants or mine. <laughs> okay, Sinaran, give me the pen. Thanks. Now, uh, first we take the pen, and I guess we better desanitize it. <laughs> With babies, you gotta sterile up everything. <laughs> uh, gotta kill the germs. Uh, Fats, take this safety pin and uh, dip it in the bar rye. Kill germs? With our bar rye? Eight to five, it don't even stun them. <laughs> Archie, why don't you let me handle this? Look, Miss Duffy, I happen to be the father of this child, thank you. But that don't mean that you know how to put a diaper on him. What's the door? It's just like... Setting the table. Now, here, here we are. Now, uh, first we lay out the diaper. That's the tablecloth. Then, where you serve the entree, we place the baby. Now, we take the corner where you put the knife and fold it over to the corner where you put the fork. Now, where you put the sauerkraut, you place the safety pin. What's wrong? I think the sauerkraut stuck him in the entree. Okay, you put the diaper on, but be careful now. Don't forget. It's my son. My son? Gee, that sounds good, don't it? It'll sound even better the day that he matriculates from Harvard. Archie, did you say Harvard? Yeah. Make it faster. Miss Duffy, you mean to say that my son is a girl? That's right. But it can't be. Hey. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're right. <laughs> It's wearing a pink ribbon. Hey, uh, Arch, is it really a girl? Yeah. Well, how do you like that? I'm an ant. <laughs> oh. Well, congratulations, Arch. Thank you. Good evening, Archie, me boy. Oh, hello, Officer Clancy. Say, now what's this lying on the bar? Oh, it's a baby. 
What did you think it was? Well, I thought for a minute that Herbie the Midget had passed out again. <laughs> now, where did the baby come from? I found it on the doorstep. So you found it on the doorstep. Well, now, just a minute, Archie. That's Mrs. Rogers' baby. She gave it to Johnny McGarrity to look after, and he started playing baseball instead. I sure, and she'd be glad to have her baby back. Oh, but Clancy, she can't have it back. It's a, it's a lost foundling, and, and finders is keepers. Archie, the baby goes back to the Widow Rogers, and it's me sworn duty to notify her immediately. The Widow Rogers, indeed. Fats, I'm going to fight this thing with the Supreme Court. No outsider is going to take my baby away from me. Outsider? Mr. Archer, she happens to be the baby's real mother. That's the trouble with this country. <laughs> Showing favoritism to people just because they're relatives. <laughs> That's the audacity of that widow going to come down here to take me baby. After all, I've gone through for that kid. You mean raising her from a boy to a girl? <laughs> well, all I say is that Mrs. Rogers ain't gonna get away with it. There are certain laws in this state. Oh, dear. A father's work is never done. That's, uh, think we better stop that kid from hitting that milk. I think he's off on a crying jag. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> hey, look, why don't you sing her a lullaby, Arch? Good idea for him. Let's see. Uh, uh, rock a bye, baby, in the treetop. Uh... Hey, you see that? It's working. Yeah. When the wind blows, the cradle will rock. Hey, she likes it. Yeah, yeah. Let me try it, Arch. If the ball breaks, the cradle will fall. The dawn will come, baby. The cradle and all. Oh, that's one of them. Did you like that, baby? I don't think you better sing to the baby no more. Oh, my baby. This must be the baby's mother. Oh, my baby, my own little baby. Her baby. Oh, how can I ever thank you for finding my child? Now, look, sister, if you think... Hey. What's the matter? You're beautiful. Oh, thank you. I do hope the baby hasn't been a bother. Oh, contraire. Uh, by the by, uh, Officer Clancy tells me that you was the widow, uh, and I'm sorry to hear of your husband's untimely death. Uh, may I share your beaverment? <laughs> well, to tell you the truth, it was never a very happy marriage. No, huh? I, I'm afraid my husband only married me for my money. To be... <laughs> Is there any left? <laughs> I mean, uh, 
you wanna I own a position to support this lovely child of ours uh, that I love so dearly. Uh, oh, you're fond of children. Desperately. <laughs> in fact, all of the kids in the neighborhood refer to me as that old, lovable Uncle Archie. Really? You don't think so, Fats? One of the kids around the neighborhood call me. They call you that old... Yes, sir. <laughs> yep, Mrs. Rogers, and one I wouldn't give to have a little baby like yours. What are you trying to say? Madam, I can constrain me feelings no longer. <laughs> Leave us face it. Fate has thrown us together. You're a man and I'm a woman. <laughs> You're, uh, aren't you a little mixed up? In the heat of passion, who's grammatical? <laughs> All I can say that it's kismet. <laughs> oh, God. I'd better cover the baby. There seems to be a draft from that broken window. Oh, oh, yes, the broken window. It seems that some impish little rascals inadvertently heaved a impish little baseball through it. <laughs> I suppose I should have chapstized them, <clears throat> but uh, old softy that I am, I just couldn't do it. That's my great weakness. I, I love them children. There he is, officer. That's a man who kicked me in the pants. Well, well. We have a little visitor. Hello, Sonny. Archie, this boy claims that you kicked him out of the tavern just because he tried to sell you a book. What's this? Must be some mistake. Uh, now come here, me little friend. Uh, did I kick you on the pants? You see, he don't dare tell a lie like that to me face. <laughs> How can he? You're holding your hand over his mouth. <laughs> I still say the kid is a liar. Oh, yeah? Well, ask any kid on the block. You know what they call this monster? What? That old... Mrs. Rogers! Are you going to let a crummy punk kid like this deceive you into thinking that I don't love children? Archie, I'm afraid you're under arrest. So that's the kind of a man you are. Give me my baby. I'm leaving. And so ends another chapter of Life with Father. <laughs> Stay tuned for The Green Hornet next on Theater of the Mind. Time now for The Green Hornet. The Green Hornet. He hunts the biggest of all game, public enemies that even the G-men cannot reach. The Green Hornet. <laughs> Thank you. 
The Adventure of the Ghost Who Talked Too Much. The events and characters depicted in this drama are fictitious. Any similarity to actual persons, living or dead, is purely coincidental. My name in life was Homer Burley. I have a message for my wife. Is she within the hearing of my voice? Homer, my, my dear husband. Have you anything to ask your husband? Homer, dear, are you happy? I would be happier, Myra, if it were not that I'm worried about you. I don't want you to go hungry, to know poverty. But you left me that insurance. It needs wise counsel. Myra, I want you to see his name, Abbott. Abbott. Then I will not worry. Homer. Homer, are you still there? I... I am afraid I have lost contact with him, Mrs. Burley. Oh, there's so much I still wanted to say to him. Call him back. Call him back, Roger. Tonight I'm exhausted. Perhaps another time. He gave you one message, though. Abbott. Abbott. I'll see him. A man named Abbott. Mr. Abbott's office. An appointment? Have you met him before? Very well. Please come at three tomorrow. Yes, I'll put your name down. Thank you. Goodbye. Is Abbott in his office now, young lady? Oh, yes, sir. It is time for his daily reading. Of course, Roger. Please go right in. He's waiting for you. Well, Roger. The time has come, my friend, for a study of your day's horoscope. <laughs> My checkbook, you mean. <laughs> That's it, Abbott. How is business? Going good. Since you moved into that swank headquarters. I had a couple new ones in yesterday and called back their husbands. Women with cash? Of course. I made sure they had dough before I went after them. Good going. I'm branching out some more, Abbott. I'm putting a girl in to do nothing but check on the death notices and adding another woman to the sales force. Sales force? Of course. After I've learned considerable about a certain widow, she has to be sold on the idea of coming to me for an interview and a sitting, doesn't she? Well, I'll be... <laughs> Roger, you're all right. Furthermore, Abbott, we're not going to be quite so barefaced in taking their cash for wildcat stocks. What do you mean by that? Precisely what I said. We're going to run this office of yours more along the lines of a dignified brokerage house and actually make some legitimate investments for some of these people. We can run a lot less risk with the law and still make a big thing of the business. Now, look here, Raja. Suppose you run your crystal-gazing emporium and let me run this investment office. As long as you run it along the lines I consider intelligent, you may run it. Otherwise, I will interfere. But I'm all I right. don't propose to see both of us land in prison, you see. I've done all right so far. And I will see that you continue to do all right. Now, how much have you taken in since yesterday? Mrs. Wilder came in with, uh... $5,000 to invest. What did you do with it? Sold us some Continental Merchant stock. That is utterly worthless. Sure. But she won't know that for a long time. The profit on that deal was two grand. Anything else? That's all. Abbott, you are a fool to try and double-cross me. What do you mean? Do you think I have so many facilities for gathering data without using them for the most important angle of my business? You seem to forget a matter of 500 you took from a woman named Joyce. 
Moreover, Mrs. Wilder left 10000 with you, on which my share amounts to 4000 Who told you I'll that... I'll take the money in cash, Abbott, and don't take such risks. I might decide to find another broker to work with me. You try that, and I'll land you in jail. You will land me in jail for what? You're in this racket as deep as I am. That's a matter of proof, my friend. <laughs> What's that, Flicker? Why, if this isn't a Lulu, get a load of this negative. And be careful, it's still wet in the rinsing bath. I shot a picture of this Roger at the Hotel Continental Affair this afternoon. Yeah? Well, what about it, Clicker? Well, the doggone negatives are positive, see? That Beluka has such a dark complexion that he shows white on the negative. Now, ain't that something? Who is the bird, anyway, Clicker? Oh, Roger something or other. I didn't cover the story, just took a couple of shots of him. He's the new rage of the society names. What's he do, look into a crystal or something? Oh, he does all the tricks. Crystal reading, spirit tapping, table tilting. I was talking to a couple of dames over at that meeting, and they claim he brought back the spirit of their dead husband. Ridiculous. Well, I'm just telling you what they told me. Boy, would I like to try to get a photograph of one of those spirits. Good afternoon, Miss Case. Oh, hello, Miss Benny. Oh, hello, Mr. Reed. I didn't know whether you'd be in or not today, Mr. Reed. Well, I usually get in once during the day. I was just showing Miss Case this negative, Mr. Reed. It's that new sensation in the spiritualistic world. Who's that? The Roger. Oh, a couple of the girls were talking about him last evening. I tell you, that guy's a sensation. He's got everybody talking about him. He also has a good press agent. He's hammered at us from the time he first showed up in town. Sent enough stuff in the office here to fill half a dozen of Gunnigan's wastebaskets. No wonder I'd never seen any of it. Uh, Gunnigan is allergic to fakers, fakes, and uh, racketeers. And press agents. No wonder the stories on the Roger didn't get by him. He probably thought you might let one of them see print. You suppose this Roger really has something on the ball? He's got just enough on the ball to make himself a fortune. But you know, Mr. Reed, there are no ghosts. I'm surprised that the law doesn't step on a man like that. I don't know why the law should. Well, in the first place, he's obtaining money under false pretenses. Yes, but Mr. Reed, he really does give people some comfort. Don't you think so? Comfort? Maybe there's something to that, Mr. Reed. I haven't thought of that angle. If it gives a woman comfort to think she's hearing from her departed husband, well, it's surely worth whatever Roger charges. Unless he goes beyond that. What do you mean by that? I've heard of men like that that aren't satisfied with the fees they charge. They suggest investments for people and use that as a means of robbery. Hmm. However, we have a newspaper to run. Uh, look here, Mr. Reed. Yes? I'd give a week's pay for the chance to take some pictures at one of those seances. You'd give a week's pay? Boy, that would be something new. Why not let me sign up for one of his weekly meetings and take along a hidden camera and some flashbulbs? Maybe if the ghost appears, I can get a picture of him. Picture of a ghost? Wouldn't that be something? Miss Benny. Huh? The Daily Sentinel couldn't endorse such an unethical proceeding. Well, that's what I was afraid of. I'll be in my office, Miss Case, if anyone calls. Very well. And, uh, by the way, if someone should happen to already have a good picture of a ghost uh, taken at a seance, uh, I'd be interested in seeing it. We, uh, we might use it for a Sunday magazine picture. Uh-huh. I get it. Look here, Casey. Don't you worry about someone just happening to have that sort of a picture. I'll be around with one inside the next couple of days. <laughs> Hey, click! I'm the girl photographer these days. Hi, gang. Hi. Hey, Laurie. Huh? This way, fella. I want words with you. Oh, what's up? Come on over here, where the super snoopers won't get in here full of my plans. I need cooperation, and you're the guy to give it to me. Right here, I'll do. Sit down on the edge of the desk or someplace. I got to make a call. Uh, look through that drawer, will you? For what? See if you can find that small camera of mine, the Leica. Uh oh, candid camera shooting, huh? And how? Here's the number. Hey, did it ever occur to you that you could clean out this drawer sometimes and make things easier for yourself? Careful you don't break any of those filters. Hey, Scott, how do you know what's in here? Now, there's a like it down at the bottom. Now, pull out that photo flash attachment, too. Where are you going? We're going to a spiritualistic seance, Laurie, and get a picture of a ghost. Now, hey, have you gone screwy? Maybe so. <laughs> Is this what you want? Oh, that's it. Close the drawer now. 
I'm going to try to horn in on one of the meetings this Roger has in that new swanky apartment of his. You go out of your way looking for trouble, don't you? Wherever there's trouble, there's a picture, Lowry. And I'd go a long way for a good picture. How much money you got? Money? What's that? No fooling. Borrow a couple of bucks, will you? I've got to get a couple of flash bulbs and... Say, Lowry, have you got a suit that's pressed? We have to dress up to go there? Well, you have to look civilized. The Roger has quality folks at his meetings. Oh, here he is now. Uh, is this the Roger's studio? Well, I'd like to know if it's possible for me to attend one of his meetings. One of the seances, you know. Soft music came from an unseen source in the velvet drape room where Roger held his seance. In the incense-filled atmosphere amid luxurious furniture and silk tapestries, a well-dressed group of people awaited the appearance of the Roger himself. Slightly apart from the rest, sat Clicker Binney, trying to show the same wide-eyed expression of awe the other ladies showed. With her was Ed Lowry. Ooh, Clicker. This place smells bad. Shut up, Mug. That's incense. Yeah, well, I wish we were out of here. Scared? Oh, my eye. Now, get things straight. You keep that reflector with the flash bulb under your coat till the lights are out. Then get it set and ready. You've been over all that before. Well, don't muff it. Point the reflector at the ghost, and when I click the shutter, the bulb will go off. And we'll go out on our ears. That's okay by me, as long as we get the picture. Raja stepped from behind heavy drapery, with his head swathed in a turban of royal purple and a gown of similar color, came to within a few inches of the floor. His deep-set, heavy-lidded eyes surveyed the people in the room for a minute, and then he took his place at the head of a table and motioned wordlessly for the others to gather close to him. As they did so, the lights became dimmer, and then the room was dark. In an adjoining room, a man and woman stood with many yards of cheesecloth draped about them. To commune with the spirits that lie beyond the grave, I must ask that all of you remain absolutely silent and concentrate on the hope of seeing one who was dearly beloved by you in life. While you concentrate, I shall place myself in a state of mind that comes close to the borderline beyond which no person once crossing has ever returned in body. In a moment, if conditions and atmosphere are right, it may be possible that the voice of someone who means much to one of you will make itself heard. Then, if absolute silence prevails and nothing happens to disturb the spell, this spirit may come and let itself be seen. If it is recognized by any one of you, please speak softly and address it by name. Time to go out first tonight, Jane. I wonder who's going to call you Danny this time, Greg. That's so loud. Where's the megaphone? I've got to get the old sepulchral spirit in my voice. Right here. Drape the stuff around me now. Get the megaphone up to the wall there and start talking. The Rogers press the signal button. Right. Someone is near the borderline. Calling to me. That sounds like John. I must caution you not to speak out until you see him and recognize him. Someone calls me. I hear a voice. I hear a voice. Who calls me? I feel a presence in this room. Someone from the hereafter is calling for attention. Come, give me your name. My name was John. John. John, will you let us see you? Someone is calling for me. I will let myself be seen. Come, John. A friend of yours is here. I would like to have a word with him. Someone took a picture. What in blazes? Who did that? John! John! Where are you? This way. 
Turn on the lights. What is the meaning of this disturbance? This is profane. This is unheard of. This is the way out. We got it. We got it. The curtain falls on the first act of our Green Hornet adventure. Now to continue our story. When Britt Reed heard through society friends that Roger, the spiritualist, was using his supposed occult powers to persuade widows to trust their money to his accomplice, he had Clicker Binney get a photograph of the specter at one of the seances. The next day, when Britt Reed came to his office, Ed Lowry was there before him. The girl got a beautiful shot, boss. It shows that fake up to a fairly well. Good enough, Lowry. We can use that photo in a Sunday supplement in a few weeks. I'm planning on a feature story dealing with these racketeers and ghosts. Well, I can contribute. How's that? Well, I can contribute. There have been a lot of cases where women have been told by the crook they thought to be the spirit of their dear departed to go and sink their cash into phony stocks and bonds. Where did you get that? Police headquarters. They've had complaints on Raja. They have? Yeah. That's right. The other evening, a couple of women were telling me about him. They'd been sent to a man named Abbott. That's the guy. He sold them stocks that weren't worth a hoot. That's what the cops were told. But the law can't prove a thing. I know it. Yeah, perhaps an expose in the Sentinel would do some good. That's what I had in mind, Laura. Roger will sue if you mention him. Well, let him sue. Then it won't get anywhere, boss. That's the tough part of it. He'll fold up and move to another city if things get too tough here. There's no way to get the goods on him, and less chance of linking Abbott up with him. Yeah, it's a confounded shame that this sort of thing can go on unchecked. You're telling me? I say the way Raj and Abbott work the racket, it's almost foolproof. Where's the picture Miss Vinnie took? Here, here, take a look at it. Say, that is something. Isn't that a Lulu? It's a darn shame the cops can't take that as evidence. It wouldn't mean a thing. I know. Roger didn't charge anything for the seance, so the law can't touch him. Hang it all, it's the old story. The law can't touch him. The law couldn't get at Roger and his racket. But Britt had deeper plans when he arranged for the picture to be made. We find him in his apartment with Cato, his faithful servant and the only living man to know him as the Green Hornet. This picture, Cato, shows me how the ghost appears and where he comes from. Yes, Mr. Britt. In my careful study, I can get a fairly good idea of this man's face in spite of the gauze that's draped over his head. Yes, sir. And I think that with that, I can step out at the next seance. What are you going to do? Give the Roger the shock of his life. How? The Green Hornet's going to a seance. The next ghost that Roger summons from behind those drapes is going to have altogether too much to say. Now we've got to make some plans, some rather elaborate plans. Yes? You'll be in on them. He uses a phonograph, Cato, that's probably played from the same back room that the ghosts wait their turn in. What about that? Let me see. Abbott, that's the name of the bird that handles the financial end. Yes, sir. I'm going to give him an invitation to the next seance. I wonder what he'll have to say. (laughs) He won't dare say much in front of the guests. Neither will the Raji. But after the guests have gone, I wonder. Several evenings later, an exceptionally fashionable group of people were in attendance at the seance. 
Before the Raja made his appearance, he met his accomplice, Abbott, in the side room. Have you seen all the new people that are here tonight? I wouldn't know the new from the old. We're getting to society trade now, Abbott. People with lots of money. Not so large. They can't hear me in the next room. What are you going to do here anyway? Sit in. Sort of unusual, isn't it? Any objections? No. No objections, of course. Glad to have you here. I just thought I'd see if you weren't trying a little double-cross on your own hook. Whatever gave you that idea, Abbott? You've been mighty quick to suspect me. I had sufficient reason to. Okay, Raja. Just don't try anything, that's all. you better go and sit down. I'm going to start in a couple of minutes. Right. <laughs> this should be worth watching. You fake. Greer. Ready for the music? Yes, you may start the recording now. Give them a good show tonight, Greer. Now, Jane. Yes? You're to be the daughter of James Stilwell. He is in the group. Drowned last summer, didn't I? That's right. I have the part memorized. Good. I'll go and start things. I'm going to ask that guy for a reason pay one of these days. I'm worried about that picture someone took the other night. I haven't heard anything from it. What's there to worry about? I don't know, Greer, but just the same. Keep still. They can't hear us. <gasps> that mask. Keep your voices down. You regret it. <laughs> What's the matter? Steady, you truck. You're going to take a little nap. Yeah, you went out nicely, young lady. You... Yeah, that's it. Stay right down here. All right, Cato. You can come in now. They made no noise. Yeah, that was the big gamble. Well, I guess they've grown so accustomed to keeping quiet back here that they did it subconsciously. How's that? You want it? Very well. Hurry and get it set on that machine. Yes, sir. I'm working on it. Ah, let me see. Oh, there's a good place to hide. There is. Have the car ready right outside the window? Yes, sir. What time is it now? Ten o'clock. We've got to handle things just right. Stop the machine. If it is recognized by any one of you, please speak softly and address it by name. Concentrate, my friends. Concentrate. Now for it. We must all concentrate. There seems to be a disturbing influence among us. Is there someone called That's me. Concentrate, my dear. Concentrate. Do you speak from the hereafter? I speak to someone called Lucia. Vincent. Vincent, is that you? You wish to ask me something? Something is wrong. Yes. Yes, tell me, dear. Are you happy? Yes, Lucia. I am happy. Before you left, I never knew. Was there any pain? Did you suffer, dear? There was no pain. We miss you so much. Lucia. There is one thing you must do. Yes. Yes, tell me. It can save money. Yes. Yes. You must invest your insurance. Take it from the bank and invest it. But I don't Dear quite... Lucia, a good investment house. The Gurney Sanders. What? Concentrate, please. Do not disturb the spell. I remember the name. Vincent, tell me. Tell me a little more. Vincent, I can't see you now. Tell me a little more. Vincent! Concentrate. Concentrate, my friends. Do not break the spell. Someone whose name is Elizabeth. That's my name. Elizabeth, your brother sends you word through me. Yes. Yes, my brother. Where is he? He couldn't come. He sends you word. Do not trust any but the firm of Gurney Sanders with your investment. Do you understand? Yes, I understand. My brother was always afraid I'd... I can do no more. I can do no more tonight. There is a disturbing influence here. The seance has ended. I am not well. Please, the lights. Another time. But please, now, go. I want to talk to Vincent again. Another time. Another time, please. My brother. Can I get more word from my brother? Another time, I tell you. Go, get out, leave me. I am not well. 
The Raja turned up the lights, and the amazed people were hurriedly sent from the luxurious room. All but Abbott, who remained behind until the others had gone. And then... You dirty, double-crossing crook! It's a good thing I came here tonight. Abbott, believe me, there was something wrong. I don't know what happened to Greer. I can tell you what happened to Greer. You decided to play along with that Gurney Sanders firm, huh? I got the tip-off on that, Riser. That's why I came here tonight. You're crazy, I tell you. Oh, no, I'm not. You're the one that's crazy to think you could put something like that over on me. Maybe you thought my office wasn't swank enough for the society swells you had here, huh? No, no. You had Greer all primed to give that stuff out. Then when you saw me, you didn't get a chance to change the instructions. It isn't true. Oh, yes, it is. I'm not a blind fool, you know, Riser. Well, don't get the idea you can double-cross me. All right, you blustering idiot. Just what do you propose to do? I'm going to smash you. Oh, no, you're not. Maybe you're the one that took that picture the other night. I don't know what you're talking about. Maybe you thought a photograph of one of the ghosts would smash me. Well, let me tell you this. I know the law, and I've stayed inside the law. And that's more than you have done. Oh, is it? Yes, it is. You open your mouth, and I'll send you to jail. You can't do it. Oh, yes, I can. There have been plenty of people who have gone to your place and bought worthless stock. There have been a lot of others that have bought stock from you and been told the stock went down. That what they bought on margin was wiped out. I happen to know, Abbott, that you never bought the stock at all. You just pocketed the dough. Well, don't get any foolish ideas about trying to make trouble for me. You can't double-cross me and get away with it. Who's there? How do I know? Where is Greer? You can ask him. I didn't try to double-cross you, Abbott. Greer, where are you? Answer the door. I'll go myself. We'll continue this discussion a little later, Riser. I'm not through by any means. Where's the ass? Stand aside. Let's go through the place. Police, what's the meaning of this? What do you want here? Where's the Green Hornet? The Green Hornet? I know nothing about the Green Hornet. He's hiding out here someplace. I just got the phone call a little while ago and we come right over. It's too bad he didn't do something about you two rats before he skipped out. He's probably gone by this time. Whoever called you is mistaken. There was no phone call from here and the Green Hornet has not been here. And we don't want you cops around. Now clear out. What are you doing here, Abbott? Uh, I am reading his palm. You think fast on your feet, don't you, Roger? Let's have a look behind there. One moment, officer. Maybe you've heard that a warrant is required before you can search a man's home. You know all the laws, don't you? Sufficient of them. That's why I came here tonight, Someone in there. Come on. That's my voice. Let's go see. You think you could put something like that over on me? Maybe you thought my office wasn't swank enough. You two talk. It's a frame-up. Shut up. No, no. Greer all primed to give that stuff out. Then when you saw me, you didn't get a chance to change the instructions. It isn't true. Oh, yes. Let me out of here. Turn that thing off. Quiet, Roger. Looks like we got the goods on you at last. Let me go. Let me get out of here. No, you don't. Not so fast. That record will hold in court. Hang on to these two. We're taking you both in and that record as well. No, no. It's a frame-up, I tell you. You can't do it. Let me go. This intrusion. You have no warrant. We're taking you guys in without a warrant. Take that record along. Who did it? Who did it? Hey, look over there. Those two on the floor. Holy mackerel. What's happened to them? It's Greer. Your helpers. I knew there was something wrong. I told you, Abbott. I told you that Greer wasn't the one who appeared. They're alive, all right. Just knocked out. Yeah. We better call the boys and have the wagon sent over. This thing's bigger than we thought. Yeah, take that record so we don't lose that. I've got it. And hey, holy cats, look at this. I get it now. We were sent over here to get the Green Hornet. Okay. Look what's on the record. The mark of the Green Hornet. There he goes. He's outside. He sneaked out this window. Boys, I'd say offhand the Hornet framed this whole thing. I told you we were framed. It won't hold in court. Oh, yes. This will hold in court, Raja. And for once in his life, the Green Hornet's done a good turn for the police department.
have just heard is a copyrighted feature of the Green Hornet Incorporated. Thanks for listening. Tomorrow night, it's Phil Harris and Alice Faye, followed by Escape. Thanks to Joel Schoenwell and Paul Stringer for technical support. The executive producer for Theater of the Mind is Moses Neimer. I'm Frank Proctor. Have a great night. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.